Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of an absolutely remarkable Zing This. Yes, we're going to be discussing uh, two books by novel, sorry, novels by Hank Green in this episode. So um, definitely a lot of reading was done by both of us, or audiobooking in my case. Um, mm-hmm. So we will definitely be discussing those. I will put a little thing here. We are going to do a quick little discussion with few to no spoilers, just kind of our like, is it good? Why is it good? Should you go read it? That sort of thing. And then we're going to do a quick little interlude talking probably about the stuff we missed in the Godzilla trailer or what WandaVision was up to this week. And then we'll get back and do a fuller discussion on both an absolutely remarkable thing and a... A beautifully, a beautifully foolish, foolish endeavor. Yes. Those two books by him. So, <laughs> which are connected in, in a yes. shared universe and everything. So... But we'll get into that there. So I guess first things first, uh, Berg, you are the one that brought this to the table. Yes. To discuss. I, um, yeah. Where, so how, was, why, explain. <laughs> so uh, right after the start of the year, a friend of mine who she's a, a very avid reader, she posted her favorite books that she read in 2020. And she mentioned an absolutely remarkable thing, and then two other books, and all the other the books she read. She's, she's she, I like her. She, I've gotten a lot of good recommendations from her. Shout out to Kitty if she listens to this. Uh, so I, I mess. I just wrote her, and I was, or I commented on her post, and I was like, you know, these sound like really good books. And she goes, they are. She goes, I think you would, you would really like an absolutely remarkable thing specifically. So I had a, an Amazon gift certificate from Christmas, and I just got my you know my iPad, which I've talked about a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, I want to use the Kindle app on it. So yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. And then I just I started reading and was like, I, I, I plowed through the first book in like two seconds and was like, that's when we were talking, you and I were talking, and I was like, yeah, this is really good. Okay. Um, so are you familiar with the Hank brother? I mean, the, not the Hank brothers, the Green brothers. Yes. At all? Yes, okay. I, I am familiar. I'm more so familiar with John, okay. but I know both of them. But I know John did a lot of the stuff. He does, does a lot of. They both do a lot of stuff with their with their. Um, I can't think of the name of the channel. YouTube. They have their channel on YouTube. Vlog brothers. Yeah, and then John, and then John Green did a lot of stuff on like uh, mental floss. Yes, and then and, Hank um, did Sci Show, which is a Sci yeah. Show and Crash Course. And so, like, I, I kind of knew, yeah, I kind of knew about them. And then, of course, I know Hank wrote like in the Fault in Our Stars and everything like that. But our um, John did. Um, yes. So I, I was more familiar with John, but I did I did know both of them, and I knew they were brothers and everything. Um. So, fun fact for any, and I mean long-time listeners of Zingness. Mm-hmm. And when I say long-time listeners, I mean you had to ha- you had to watch our YouTube channel. By watch YouTube channel, I mean watch it before I took down all the videos of me and Ellie that we did. That was back in 2000. Hold on, I had it pulled up, and I was actually watching <laughs> one in pure terror of what was going on. Um, it was our discussion on the original Godzilla movie. Well, of the, of the new franchise thing. And that was posted May of 2014. Wow, I, so, I didn't think I knew you then. You didn't. This 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 was prior to me meeting you and everything. Three dates. Yes, um, because for 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 longtime historians of Zygnus, um, Zygnus <laughs> was originally a like article thing I posted on 
the Game Informer website, which I do have all those saved to my Facebook, and I might do those as like a repost to like a Patreon thing or something. They're all outdated beyond reason, because it was just what's coming out in comics this week, what's coming out in this. So Ellie would help me write those as like the, uh, I guess, um, not Shadow Rider, Ghost Rider for those would be the term if somebody else is mm-hmm. writing it. So she was yeah. my ghostwriter for that. Then it's like, hey, let's do let's do these on on like you know YouTube and everything, and film us. And we sat in front of a camera that was not designed to do it, discuss stuff, and um, yeah, that didn't go too well because the audio was awful. Ellie got pregnant <laughs> with um, Quinn, and we she was like, yeah, I'm not doing these in front of the camera anymore. So Zingness died, and then. Much, much later on, podcast became a thing, so I was like, let's do it again, and that's how Zingness has evolved from several different medias. I think you can find the um, the comic books that should be turned into movies. I only unprivated that one because I call that um, Black Panther should have been a movie. But the reason this is important is because you will catch me saying a few things in those episodes, you will catch me saying you can find more links down to doobly-doo, which is a reference to the um, the Green Bro- the Vlog Brothers, because that's how they describe like the little description of the episode. And I also say DFTBA, which is their little slogan, don't forget to be awesome. So I have been aware of these guys for a, well, 2014, so a long time. But I have never endeavored to read one of their books. And I realized I just made a sideways reference to the second book with <laughs> saying endeavored. Um, I, I've never been interested in reading any of their books. Um, no offense to John, but I don't have any interest in the the kind of books he wrote. I know our Same. oldest daughter. <laughs> our oldest daughter did read them and thoroughly enjoyed it and watched the sure. movie. And I was like, oh, cool. That's the guy I like watching. And she goes, why don't you read it or watch it? I'm like, eh, it's just. I, I like what he talks about, but it's not really my thing. And I vaguely knew about Hank's stuff, but until Berg came to me with it he and was like, hey, you need to check this out, I had no interest in it. I regret taking my finger off the pulse of these two uh, gentlemen's content and stuff and not giving this a chance until now. So that's my follow-up even though i do admit that being able to read both of them back to back was beneficial um yes i guess the or the the overall plot of i I guess basically the easiest way to do this is the overall plot of an absolutely remarkable thing is the only one we're going to go over on this part of the episode yeah yeah, because if we do if we try to do the sequel it's going to be like nothing but spoilers so yes uh so yeah do do you want to do the a, a quick little synopsis or do you want me to Ah, it doesn't matter. I can do it. You can do it. All right. Basically, to sum Let's up, both do it at the exact same time, and then just see if who. Oh <laughs> Let's alternate words. So, it um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so besides from us being the most creepiest podcast ever in history, or the one that will be immediately turned off with both of us talking at the same time, um, we drop into the world of the protagonist, April May, who basically stumbles across a giant robot sculpture in Manhattan. Little as uh, she goes and gets her friend, does a YouTube video that is just some goofy video that she's like, ah, no one's going to watch this, and basically becomes an overnight sensation because there are 64 other of these giant transforming samurai-looking robots all over the world. 
And basically, the story is about her dealing with the reality of basically becoming a internet star overnight. Basically becoming an influencer overnight. And then there's even a bigger mystery of why the 64 Carls, as they are referred to, because she just makes a crack about their, they look like Carl. Um, like why they're here and what their purpose is. Basically... I, I, I guess that's the, yeah. that's the easiest way to sum it up without spoiling or getting too deep and, into anything. And then if you want to go even simpler, what I've told a few people about is, and I might have even said this to you, is like, it's about an alien invasion during the... Or it's about first contact. It's not an invasion. It's about first contact during the age of social media. And that is true, and the effects of social media can have exactly. on a situation. Which and it's, it's more so a comment on social media than it is about these aliens that is correct um we like i said if you want to continue on and you have read the books or just want to hear us talk we will of course discuss more in depth both this book's plot story characters and the second book like i said the second book can't really be mentioned because it is very very spoiler heavy to even try to touch on what goes on in that book um overall like i said i i thoroughly enjoyed this and immediately regretted the fact that i had not been introduced to it sooner um my other thing with this is it is very science heavy and i enjoy yes. that in books and stuff mm-hmm. you can definitely tell that hank green does love science i i feel he is even though bill nye is around i feel him and his brother more so him because i feel he's more the science one of the two are like a generation below us is right uh, bill nye to an extent i yeah. guess if, if, if I, that, I, that makes I, sense I see that. that makes a good sense yeah, yeah. so i mean good, good deal e- of sense. even though we're both into him and everything it's something to where i could see people using like the sci show in schools to explain stuff and everything because i mean me, me me and you didn't grow up in the age of the internet to where like someone could pop up a youtube show Thing on like right. to explain something they just popped in um the oh what was it the remember the titans rudy or something else to kill time right. in the class but no i mean it, it's it's great i thoroughly enjoyed it and like i said i really appreciate the um i don't want to it there there's there's some eye-opening moments in this and i felt like eric might have been subconsciously trying to tell me something with some of the stuff in this but we'll get to that in the spoiler <laughs> side um any other follow-up things you want to say before we take a quick detour to then come back I, to discuss more fully? I guess if, if anyone is stopping here or is, is, got, is intrigued to read these mm-hmm. uh, before you finish off listening, I would just say, um, yeah, they're, they're really good. Um, they are definitely like, and without, without spoiling too much, they're, they're some of the best books I've read in a good long while. Um, and just without saying anything about this, the the second book, I'll just say that the second I finished the last page of an absolutely remarkable thing, I immediately went to Amazon, went to the Kindle store, and downloaded uh, a beautifully foolish endeavor because I was like, I got to see how this. Like it, like as soon as it ended, I go, I can download this right now. So, um, yeah, so that's that's where it is. You will you will like them. Um, so if you do stop and then, uh, you, you do decide to read these, you know, definitely come back and we'll, we'll have some further thoughts beyond, yes. uh, this little news thing. 
All right, hold on one second, everyone. I am trying to get a stopwatch up real quick, and I am not finding one on there, so. All right, so I will give us one minute, starting. Okay, I'll give us one minute. I'll say when, and we're going to discuss the fact that apparently Eric missed that Mechagodzilla was actually in the trailer for uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so apparently there, there's that scene like there's the people running down the steps. And apparently that's Mechagodzilla yeah. in the background. Allegedly. Really? Yes. Uh, 45 I seconds. I go back and watch it. Huh. So. Um, huh. I, I did not know. And I've watched the trailer a few more times since we talked about it. Yeah. I have not even noticed that. Well, there's that. And then there's somebody who's standing in front of one of the like panels. And you can see it looks like a robot Godzilla's foot in the background of like this panel mm. that says like online or something. 30 seconds. Um, so. <laughs> no, I, I, I wanted to time this this time. So if someone wanted to skip ahead, they could. But um, gotcha. I think that might have something to do with why Godzilla is acting out. I am making it a point, though, to watch the um, 10 seconds, um, the other movie, the, um, the the second Godzilla movie, which I can't think of. Five seconds. We're just going to have dead silence for that last five seconds. All right, cool. Um, time. All right. So we now officially, if, if you're still listening, it's your own fault at this point. If you don't want spoilers, because we're going to talk about spoilers. Also, um, spoiler alert for, I guess, the Godzilla movie a minute after. Time for us to discuss these books more in depth. I guess we'll start with the first one um, in order and everything. So we'll do the first one, then the second one. And I kind of want to go over each of the characters, if that's okay, to start out with. Yeah, sounds um, good. So we've got April May, who's the main protagonist in every... It, She's the main person we we are basic. Actually, she's she's the person. Sorry, this might be confusing because in the second book there are multiple people telling the story, so multiple perspectives. Yeah. In the first book, it is mainly her. Almost Save the for entire like the last time. like one or two chapters. Yes, so it's a little confusing to discuss the first book with the second book as well, even though it it will it, make sense as we go. Um, yeah. So we got April May. We have her uh, friend Andy, and I cannot. Andy Scamp. Thank you. I was like, I'm going to mispronounce his name. We got Andy <laughs> Scamp, who is her friend. We got Maya, who is her girlfriend and also friends with Andy. We have Robin, who is her assistant later in the book. And there's the there we go the the <laughs> delayed call. And then we have uh, Miranda. Yes. Okay. I I Scientist. I. I was about to, I was like, I swear I'm going to say Miranda, and he's going to be like, that's not the right person. I'm like, no, Miranda Beckwith. Yes. Um, I don't know why I cannot remember Maya's last name, because we saw it, but I feel like we didn't see it as much. Mm -hmm. I only reason I remember, and I was actually, before we recorded, I was trying to remember both, but I remembered Miranda's like right before I said that, because I knew someone with the last name. I know someone oh. with the last name Beckwith, and I was like, oh, it kind of stands out a little bit. It's not like Smith, where there's like, you know, half the world population is named Smith. So. Technically, we also have Peter Petrowicki and Carl's, but they yes. come more into play, I guess. Well, Peter's more into play in this book and the second book. Carl is way more as a character in the next book. Yeah, he's like a thing in the first book, and the second book is he's a full-on character with a voice. So, April May is a character in the first book. I'm going to say something, and I feel like 
you're going to disagree with me. And we're going to. No, honestly, I think I know what you're. I think I know what you're going to say, and I think I'm actually going to agree with you. But go on, I'm what you say. I don't like her as a character by the end of the book. Yep. (laughs) I okay. Now to to defend that statement because she technically gets murdered by people who don't like her in the book. I don't like her character arc, and I don't like the way she develops. I so here's she becomes a toxic person. Yes. My, especially the first half of the book, my, my friend Kitty, who introduced me to this book, was, who had suggested this book, I messaged her about halfway through saying, I'm really enjoying this book, but I don't like, I said, I even said, like, I like this book, I do not like April as a character, but I like that I don't like her as a character, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, it was not, like, that, that I think was a deliberate, it was a deliberate choice yeah. um, of Hanks, because... What's nice is I feel like any th- sort of thing with an alien, I mean, for the most part, it, I, they're always, whether it's they're good, bad, whatever, I feel like there's always some sort of sinister kind of, at least, feeling. And I feel like that they always try to have some sort of do-gooder or maybe slightly flawed hero. But I like the fact that our hero or our heroine is a very flawed and kind of toxic person. Very flawed. Ex- extremely flawed, Um, if, if I may say so. Uh, yes. Basically, she goes from not understanding what Twitter is to basically being obsessed with every aspect of it. Um, I, I've never. I mean, yes, we have the Zingness. I have my own profile. I've. I, I I like getting followers and everything on either. It's cool. It's great. But that whole like me focusing on that faded away a long time ago with Zingness. If we get more people, I am totally satisfied with it. But it's something I'm not obsessed with. But it's something you can very easily become obsessed with. I don't know with you, Eric, with like social media, because I know you're very involved with um, Instagram, which I just completely just space on at, at a, on a constant basis on posting stuff on there for any media stuff. But is, is this ever been something that's creeped up on you as like having to check it constantly or check stuff constantly and everything? I mean... In a way, like it's one not to this level, and then having not been born into the world of social media, like having it really not come about until like I was in college when Facebook first became a thing. Um, it was it's one of those things where it's like I when I post something, I do like to see people react to it, mm-hmm. and it sometimes it's like sometimes like I'll share like the most random thing, and it'll get like all these likes, and I'm like that's so weird. But then sometimes, like, I'll share something and I'll, like, I'll share, like, a cool picture I took. I'm like, oh, man, everyone's going to love this. And, like, two, like, my mom and, like, one other person will <laughs> like it. It's always my mom. Love her to death. And thank you for the support, mom. But it's, like, always my mom and, like, three other people who will like it. I'm like, come on, really? I, someone types the word fart and they get, like, 800 likes. And then I, I will share. I'll spill my heart or something. And, like, two people react to it. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but I'm not, like, to that. But it's one of those things where I'm, like, also, like, it doesn't matter because whatever and it is a little different i guess with like instagram because you are showing off like pictures or whatever and again tweets are so weird twitter is such a weird like like when i compare facebook to twitter like facebook is primarily i mean it's people i know yeah uh, whereas twitter i think i can probably count on two hands the number of people who like who uh, we follow back and forth who are people i i know like personally and it's a lot more like celebrities or musicians or actors or politicians or 
people who I'll just, you know, we'll, we'll follow each other and it's just random people who we saw each other make comments that we mm-hmm. liked and we followed each other. So it's a weird kind of thing, but I know that, um, where I'm going with all of this is people who were born into social media. Someone was telling me that their, their daughter who was in high school or them telling me this a couple of years ago, um, they'll post a picture on Instagram. And if it doesn't get any, if it does, if it gets fewer within like the first like hour, if it gets fewer than a hundred likes, they'll delete it. And I go, I have never gotten a hundred. I've never gotten close to a hundred likes on anything I have posted on social media, much less, a picture that made me if I, if I wanted to take down every picture I have got not gotten a hundred likes on, I would have completely blank social media. <laughs> so it's weird when people, but like that is a thing I think more so with the more people have been ingrained into social media and had it be a part of their life. Um, I feel like they are more obsessed with getting the likes, the follows. Um, people also people all the time. They're like, I, why do I follow all these people? They don't follow me back and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you don't, have to follow everyone back or yeah you know it'll be some or it'll be someone that i follow and i'm like well you didn't follow me back and not that i care but like don't act like you're mad that all these people won't follow you back when you won't follow other people back like it's one of those weird kind of things and yeah so i mean i'm not again i'm not to this level as her but i mean there there is a thing there is a sort of like and I mean, there have been scientific studies done on this where there is sort of a this little bit of endorphins that will mm-hmm. kind of go through you and it'll go in your brain. And you're like, oh, man, look at that. I got that awesome like. I got that cool like. I got that whatever. So um, it, it's there. I, I, I know I'm saying this, and I did post that I finished his, his book, added at, of course, Hank Green. And yeah. told him we'd be dis- told Twitter that we'd be discussing it on the thing. I mean, yes, I kind of counterintuitively did a, the exact thing that the book is like, oh. That might not be a good thing to do, but no, I mean, it's here. Here's the thing. I so, social media is something so divisive to some people and so integral to others. For me, it's just something I kind of use and yeah. I can, I get on face. It's funny. Cause I get on Facebook just to like see stories and stuff. And then I'm kind of like, okay, done. Like I don't post as much on either. I'm trying to get more. I, I will say this. I'm trying to get more active in Twitter just because the Zingness profile is completely dust covered most of the time. <laughs> so it is more out of trying to drum up stuff for the podcast than out of any like sadistic, like deep down, I need validation. Now, to get validation, you can, of course, go to our Twitch stream and watch me play some video games. Um, uh, or our Patreon. That really validates me. Um, no, no, but I mean, it's. We. <laughs> We are both aged to an extent to where we know people that this affects. That's our age too, yeah. And everything, but it's just you see this person in the book go from being somebody who has no interest in any of this stuff to being obsessed with it to the point of she basically almost Facebook um, lives her death, like basically yeah. does um, ruins relationship after relationship with people that are genuinely there for her um all in the pursuit of basically likes to be honest yeah in in the end um her friend andy is i i think in the first book a very genuine person he's just kind of there in the first book he he he, gets as famous as she does but doesn't do anything with it he and he's sort of there to support april because she's the face and she's the face of their kind of 
yeah. their endeavor because they they go into this whole thing of there's April May the person and there's April May trademark yes. um, <laughs> and and Andy is very much like whereas she's the face of it Andy is very much in a supporting role and I think he's the kind of person who wants to be in the supporting role like he very much plays a he's the he's the brains behind a lot of it but at the same time um yes he's very much just sort of like i think he's there to sort of also counter april yeah. to try and ground her in reality a little more so of just hey i'm just a dude who likes making videos um which is something i kind of can identify with because that's what i do for a living like when they were talking about like the editing uh and everything like that i was like wait i they're they're legitimately talking about things I know about. Like they didn't like write around or beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. Like they mentioned certain things and I'm like, Oh wait, this is stuff I work with all the time. So, uh, yeah, that was a little side thing. So good job, Hank on getting uh, that accurate. Also, <laughs> Andy does a podcast with his roommate. Slain spotting, which is, if I remember correctly, it's a podcast about like deaths and movies or TV shows, yeah. mm-hmm. which I'm like, that's, Great title and a great idea, even though it's not the best podcast idea in this book series. I will bring that up in the second book because there is a phenomenal <laughs> podcast idea that I'm like, how is that not a thing? It is amazing, and it probably is for all I know. Um, we also have um, Maya, who is April's live-in girlfriend... Yeah, question like mark. Weird, yeah, like in the first book, they're like in a weird. Well, at the beginning of the first book, yes. they're like in a weird sort of like they're kind of dating, but they they live in the same apartment, but they don't live together. Yeah, yeah. it's not like oh we share like because April talks about having her bed in the living room. Like they have separate beds, um, mm-hmm. and so it's sort of like it's sort of like hey, we're girlfriends, but we also just happen to be roommates yeah and my thing with maya i mean like i said the weird thing is a lot of these characters we get more in depth into them in the next book we just kind of see them from april's point of view in this book and maya to me is a very um someone who's truly there for april who even when april basically kicks her to the curb or she gets kicked yeah. to the curb by April. She still is secretly trying to be involved with April's life through the dream yeah. sequence, which we haven't talked about yet. But there is this once the Carls arrive and they solve like this first riddle. There's a dream that like the entire world shares and she become Maya becomes super involved in that. And once again, a nice little nod to something I would love to get more of or see the comics for her proletariat. Per- the proletariat like, was yes. awesome. <laughs> yes, it, it is. Maya did a webcomic when she was in college, which was about leftist cats. And, like, nobody knew it was her. Like, um, April found out, but that was, like, her username. And I was like, that is such a cool little tidbit that I know we're not going to get any more of, but that's, like, a cool world-building thing. Of yeah. I'm completely interested in that, personally. Uh, but yeah, Maya's a great character, but like I said, she, I think you get more out of her in the next book, since you can see stuff yes. from her point of view. Um, Cause she was, she was very absent from like the middle, like yeah. she was there when April really started, like, cause I forgot, like it was moving so fast, I forgot like the first half of the book took place in like a week. Yep. Yep. If that, and she even mentions that, and she even says like at the halfway point, you know, she's like, at the halfway point, you're probably wondering, blah, 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 and I looked, 
since I was reading it on on my Kindle app, it was like it was like fifty one percent completed. So I was like, wow, this really is like the halfway point. And then things really started to move. But really, it was from that first like couple days where mm-hmm. all this was happening through, and then it wasn't until the dream became a big thing. Yeah, Maya was just kind of absent. I remember thinking, not knowing she was going to come back, I was like, man, and I just she kept coming up in my mind because. Maya came across as a very genuine, and she was. We got to see more of her at the end, and then, of course, in the second book. But is a very sweet and genuine person, and mm-hmm. I liked her a lot. And I was like, man, that's so screwed up. Like, I really, she needs to come back. And I was so glad that when, when because she was, like, proletariat, and I was like, what, what is that a big deal? And I was like, oh, that's Maya's screen name. And I'm like, good, she's coming back into this. And then the, well, the final one, of I guess the main group, for this book is um, Miranda, who is a yeah. um, pre-doctorate. Yeah. At UC Berkeley in what is she majoring in? Wasn't it chemical something or well, other? she she's or familiar. Maybe... She she's basically like a super genius, to be honest. Yeah. Um, when it comes to a lot of this stuff, which once again, this is. I, I can't check half the science in this book, but I'm almost positive it's correct. <laughs> we'll assume it's probably correct. Because <laughs> um, of who it's coming from. I enjoyed her character a lot. And having the revelations of how her character felt in the second book made me like her character more. And yep. I, I felt bad for her in the first book. Because I'm, I'm not trying to jump ahead too much, but... Her character kind of felt like the odd person out because she she kind of solved a few things and put stuff together and became part of this like little group of like the the I I don't want to do the comparison to um, Ready Player One but it's, it's gonna be there. I want to get I want to get to that later because I mentioned that to you. But yes, yeah, go on. Um, it, it she she basic. It, I know they're not the high five, but it basically is very similar. Is like she's somebody that helped as much but doesn't feel like she's a part of that group. And it's sad because it's right. like you're right there with them. They all care about you. It's yeah. just they and have I to mean, be dealing with something that's very hard to deal with. They, they, he, he uh, Hank did a good job making it because I, we've been, I think we've all been in those situations before where it's like, because uh, April and Andy and Maya all were friends mm-hmm. from college. And... Then she came in. I mean, they all live in New York. She, she lives in California, and they kind of came together. You know, she kind of came together with them, minus Maya, when they were out there. Yeah. And uh, and I feel like we've kind of. I know I've been in that situation where, like, I have been with a group of people who know each other very well, mm-hmm. and if I don't, I know when I'm in a group and I only know like one other person or only like or no one and other these people know each other i am very like i feel very like insecure and kind of like i don't know how to get into this conversation or i kind of even if i'm in part of the conversation i still feel like i'm kind of an outsider like i understand and he wrote that part and he did that very well he did that very well with uh miranda's character and i and i made i i felt sympathetic towards her because i'm like she is doing a lot but i can i can feel that insecurity of kind of feeling like i'm i'm being tacked on despite the fact that she is an incredibly important part of everything Mm -hmm. going on and the funny thing is everyone wants her to be included like no one actually feels like that except for her it's kind of her own insecurities eating i mean eating at her that we find out next book i did forget um because 
for some reason, and I, I hate to do this because it is kind of mentioned in the book, um, I forgot to think of him as a person, but there is also Robin, too. Yeah, and he, he never gets his own chapter in the second book, or, like, he's never, because it, it switches between them, which I, maybe, you know, and I'm kind of glad because I think it would almost be too many voices bouncing around, and we'll, we'll get to that when we yeah. get to the second book. But he was, I mean, I think between the three who knew each other from New York, Robin and uh, Miranda, I think those five, you can definitely make that comparison to the, um, because whereas Andy was a good base um, for, the, I think, kind of the base, uh, the foundation for kind of supporting everyone on doing their thing by getting these videos out, Robin was sort of the, the cogs and the springs and the machinery because he was making everything work. He was getting them booked on shows. He was getting them food if they needed I, the scene where the, the hand disappears into the, the magic castle, the, the magician yeah. place. And, um, which I have, if the, if you watch the Netflix show love, there is an episode that takes place partly there. And the main, one of the main characters takes the other female lead main character there for a date and ruins the whole thing. Anyway. So I actually have this picture in my mind of what it is. And it does, it looks like a castle in the middle of Los Angeles and it's like super exclusive and like the world's best magicians are there. Anyway, um, and I just remember that scene <laughs> that was a weird aside that went out like, left field. Uh, and so anyway, yeah, like he came back and like they hadn't eaten and he's like, Oh, I went to in and out burger and got everyone, I got everyone food. Um, and it's like, that's the kind of guy he was. He was the machinery that made sure everyone was getting what they needed to continue this pursuit. He is, in my opinion, in both books, he is like the, the quintessential, like he'll, he's the MacGuffin getter half the time of just needless MacGuffin, like stuff that they need, but not like, that's like the main MacGuffin, like any weird thing that they need, it was always pointed out, oh, well, Robin went and got this for us, or Robin got us yeah. up with a hotel, or this. Like, he is the ultimate assistant. He's like Alfred. Yeah, Alfred. He, <laughs> he, he, he is Alfred for April, and basically for the group and everything. And I do feel bad that we don't get to learn more about him in the next book. I, and, yes. And in this book, he's, he's kind of there, and it sucks, because there is something pointed out, and I'm like... I feel like he was pointing out something, but they never did anything with it. Because in the second book, um, Andy points out that like he doesn't treat Robin like a person. Yeah, and it's 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 nothing rude. It's just like he just realized that you know, okay, I guess this this band aid's coming off now. Um, April allegedly uh, supposedly dies at the end of this book. Everyone's going through the suffering of her dying in the first part of the next book. And nobody, like, Robin's just there continuing to do his job. Yeah. And that's why Andy says that, that he doesn't realize that Robin's suffering too. That Robin was friends with her too and everything. And nobody, like, Robin just went straight through it and kept working. Because I guess that was his way out of the situation was, let me just keep working. Right. But yeah, I do feel bad that we don't get to learn too much more about him, aside from he is, like, the ultimate <laughs> assistant. He was very mysterious. Like, there was a part in the first book where I, before we really knew what the, when we were trying to figure out, amidst everything going on, we were still trying to figure out what the Carls wanted. I thought he was going to have some sort of connection because he was so mysterious. Yeah. And we weren't finding anything out about him. I was like, does he have some sort of connection? Like, and sometimes I, 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 I'm kind of blanking, but there were a few parts where 
what he did was like kind of like ambiguously sinister. I was like, I see why he did that. Yes, that part. Did he? But he did that. But did he do that because of something with the Carls? This is before we knew what the Carls were or anything. And then, and then it wasn't. That was just how he worked. He was just being very efficient and not necessarily personable. So um, he was very, he was very mysterious. And I did want to know. I did want to know more about him. I think that one scene, and we'll get to it more, but the scene with him. And Andy on the boat yep. in the second book. I feel like we learned more about him, even though we didn't learn much about him. And, and Andy even brings that up. But he was like, I feel like we learned more about him in that one scene as a person than we did in the entire first book, despite the fact that he had a bigger role in the first yep. book. Um, so Carl's are are there. They're giant robots, about ten feet tall. Um, they're asking for basically through David Bowie. A David Bowie song? Uh, no. Um, Queen, Queen, Queen. David Bowie's um, Golden Years is something that happens later. Yeah. Um, no, it's a Queen song, and they edit Don't the stop me yeah. Now. They um edit the Wikipedia to ask for certain elements and everything, and Miranda figures this out. Like there, I I'd like to go through everything they do because it is a giant puzzle quest. Yeah. Very a la Ready Player One. Yep. <laughs> but done better in an extent because whereas Ready Player One focuses on one person you can't stand, <laughs> this focuses on one person you can't stand and her plucky group of friends. <laughs> um, but you can't stand her for different reasons. I, by, by, by the way, I do enjoy both books. It's just... I, I think we said this even when we discussed it. Um, the character in Ready Player One is not meant. I I'm keep saying Parsval, and I know that's not. Is uh, Wade 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 Wade, Wade, Wade is not a likable character. I feel most of the time in either of the books, which is fine. Um, he's not a likable. It's the kind of thing where he thinks he's being heroic. Yeah, but he's kind of being a little bit of a shit. Whereas April knows she's a shitty person. And just keeps doing it. Yeah. But yeah. He, yeah. She, 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 she thrives in the toxicity, whereas um, Wade doesn't know he's creating it or being the big douchebag that he is. Yes. Um, love both the characters, though. Great. Both both yes. are great books. First one, second ones, we'll get to. The, we, you know what? There, there's a whole podcast for us discussing the second book of, <laughs> in, in that whole thing um, for Ready Player Two. But... I mean, it's it, it's a great MacGuffin hunt, and I'd love to. Here's the thing: it's like there's just there there's a lot going on with it. I feel like there there's a lot that they kind of gloss over because the dream is basically like a ton of giant puzzles that the whole world gets to work on together. It's like a it's a viral dream because the Carls ask for if you if you're listening to this and you're not going to read the books or whatever. So the Carls they find through this encoded message. Um, from Don't Stop Me Now, they find out that they need to bring iodine, plutonium, and americium. And everyone freaks and out. touch the Carls with it. And it's live, and April kind of like, she, she, she gives, she gives the, she touches Carl with these elements, all right, and, uh, and these chemicals, and she starts having a dream where she appears in a big office building, and then this dream isn't just like, oh, I'm having a dream, like it's actually like something that Carl did to her brain, but not just to her brain, it then can spread virally. And 
everyone starts having this same dream where they're in a big office building and then there are these puzzles you have to solve and then you can go outside and there are these very specific buildings that like can an Arby's. puzzles in them. Yes, there, Wait, is a, there is an Arby's in there. <laughs> which, ironically, it was unintentional. I did get Arby's today. Completely unintentional to this discussion. Maybe subconsciously it was... Or what I was going to say, you yeah. know, I think that was you. That was your, uh, that was your subconscious telling you that you needed some, uh, some Arby's. Some, um, some, uh, oh, what is it? Grease, greasy meats. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got the chicken sandwich, so it was not. I was going to ask what you got. I was going to ask what you got. Uh, it was, uh, one of the spicy chicken sandwiches and nice. a, um, and a, the Thin Mint, a- a- Andy Thin Mint, Andy's Thin Mint. I, once again, Andy scanned, but Andy's candy <laughs> Thin Mint, um, shake. shake. They have like a Thin Mint shake right nice. now, which was, um, yeah, I, I should be on a diet. Um, should be. <laughs> uh, so, so no, I mean, there, there's that there, and there's even the joke. You see, this this book, I feel, does a better job of aging itself than Ready Player One. Okay, God, we're going back to this. Than Ready Player One did. Because um, Ready Player One, for some reason, pop culture stopped existing after a certain point. Right. This, I feel, can age better. Now, I do think there's an end point to how far this can age out. But, like, sure. right now, reading it, like, the references to, you know, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, all that stuff. Um, it was like, this is the greatest marketing that Arby's ever got and everything. Right. It's re- re- References like that bring it into our world and keep it in our world and everything. Also, there's real there's points in the book where it's done through, like, Twitter messaging and stuff. And I guess... Well, we were, we were talking about the dream and everything. So that's basically everyone solving it. But, of course, in the dream, in the real world, the world becomes divided over stuff. There's It's pointed out, and this is a real great world-building thing, that there's like a group of people that hadn't been exposed. Yeah, and are like, like doing so, a compound. Yeah, yeah, like have a compound built and everything. And not everyone's a fan of the Carls or of this dream. And everything, too. Which leads us to Peter Pet- Petrowicki who is basically the adversary to April for the most part and to everyone. He's basically the voice for everyone that's against the Carls and against basically... The defenders. Yes. He basically is against the world coming together for the most part or thinks that, you know, this is an invasion, you know, this is awful, you know, these... Very very Alex Jonesy. Yes. Yes. Yes, very Alex Jonesy. He's more prevalent in the second book. He's, but once again, like I said, since the first book is done through April's perspective, we only see her with it. I guess the true enemy of the, I mean, the true protagonist in the first book could technically be social media, because yeah. that's what's, I mean, flaming everything that's going on here. And yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, we're we're kind of breezing through a few points in the books. We don't want to say everything. We're just talking about interesting things. I don't know if there's anything else you have before we get to the end of the first book um, and jump into the second. You know, I, I didn't even think about the whole thing um, with how this book is going to age because I think about just in the short time, in the, what, 15, 16 years that uh, Facebook has really been around, yeah, how much it's changed yeah. just then. And I think about how, like, poking, I think poking might still be a thing on Facebook, but it used to be, like, a prominent, like, 
when you go to someone's profile, it's like name, birthday, poke them. And it's like now it's like if you can even do it, it's hidden. There was like there used to be like a thing called like the cork board where you could put like pens on it and that's not even a thing. All these features come and go. Um someone pointed out um I saw this thing like a week ago where someone pointed out a story that I think ABC or NBC had done on I think the Capitol riots and they were talking about Twitter and their background image of Twitter showed the old it was like an old version of twitter where it used to have like a different like now you hit the the heart to like something but it was like something it used to be something different i was like oh my gosh didn't you notice that and i'm like it's moving and changing and it's if you look at like screenshots of these websites early on like even just how people interacted on them they're drastically different so i mean in in five ten fifteen years this book is gonna might not make sense to anybody the way that these websites evolve so it very much is a book that right now, right now, I mean, the first book came out in 2018. The second book just came out this past year uh, in 2020. But, I mean, who knows what could happen. By the end of this year, there could become massive overhauls to one of these websites that could completely make it moot. So, yeah, I, do, I, I didn't even think about that. But you're right. It, this book could very much date itself soon. Yeah, but I mean, it's, within that aspect, in that aspect, it's it's still a great book. It still has a great message, and I think you know whatever we social media moves on to because it will move on eventually. I hate to say that. Yeah, MySpace is an example of that. I mean, I say that, and there's people that don't even know what that is a reference to. <laughs> um, what's the other one? It's not Vines. Is another thing that's like there, yeah, yeah, they're gone. I mean, TikTok's basically the new version of that, but don't get me started on how I'm old and don't understand that. That's a Phil Rude thing. <laughs> he he understands TikTok more than I do, which blows my mind. Um, so basically, April is tricked, thinking she's they've solved the final puzzle. There is a whole puzzle with an airplane and everything, but like I said, it's all, all this is just built up to her solving the whole puzzle, why the Carls are here and everything, and why they've, she feels like they've chosen her, which is weird because when I was reading the book, I'm like the the book. And she even points out in the book that the, that the Carl's like, are like, you're the one we chose. Like you're important. And she feels that way. And it's kind of like conceited, but it's like, Oh my gosh, she might actually be right. And it's like the worst thing that that's the thing she's right about. Cause it's just playing into her. Like, I don't want to say Messiah complex, but her like, chosen one complex in the books and everyone yeah. in the first book um she basically gets tricked into going into into this building um by a group of defenders and she dies she well dies i use quotation fingers carl basically saves her because the song that's playing is david bowie's golden years there's the david bowie reference and it's they figure out the last puzzle is they need to get gold. So everyone's putting gold against the Carls, all 64 of them. And it, they find out that there's only one Carl who's just kind of everywhere all at once. Yeah. It's like kind of like holograms, but not like physical holograms. Yeah. The one in New York was the act was the one in New York. That was the actual, yeah. The one in New York was like the actual one. Yes. Even though the one in Los Angeles is the one that had the hand pop off. Right. But it it's one of those things where all of them are there. All of them are the same, but all of them are different. It, it's it's one of those concepts the book will do a better job than we do of it. Yes. The Carl flies off. 
she basically goes through a very visceral description of a wooden beam going through her skull and most of her body. Yeah. And the story picks up Andy's point of view, them talking about, you know, what's happened with with the world afterwards, how like um Peter's gone off to some other country to start mining creating his own cryptocurrency. Everyone's just kind of Miranda's back at UC Berkeley. Maya's kind of trying to get back in touch with the dream and believes that April's still out there. But here's how the book yeah, ends. They never, they, never a, they never find a body. They never found a body. Eric, do you want to say how the book ends? Yes. Uh, so they have a group text that had all of them in it. The high five. Yes. And uh, and they still used it. Oh, no. I guess this wouldn't have been the, from the group text. But anyway. No, Andy, it was Andy a personal gets, text right to her. Yeah, it was. It was. It was because they would have all gotten it. Yeah, so it's like... They still have it, but it still does talk about like they have this group text. They still keep in touch, even though man, they can't take they they can't bring in their heart to take April off. So one day, Andy's in his apartment and he gets a text from April, and all it says is knock knock. And then there's a knock knock. Like that's how it ends. Actually, it just ends with the text. It's boom, knock knock. Yep. And so, yeah. what a way to end a book. Yeah, I had chills. Like I can't imagine. I can't imagine, like I, like I said, I was able to immediately go and download the book and continue. I can't imagine waiting two years to find out what happened. I can't either. I mean, I had the, I mean, like I said, I did it on Audible, so I instantly was able to get the next book and just keep going and everything. And I know that I, you, you had finished the first book before I gotten a hold of either of them, and you said something. So then when I got to the end of this book, I was like. Oh, okay, that's what he meant by this. Like, it all makes sense why he's like, oh, you're just going to want to pick up the next book immediately. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, exactly. So, the next book is a, beautif- a beautifully foolish endeavor. A beautifully endeavor. foolish endeavor. Yes. Um, I think both I think both of these books do have the, um, the, the roll credits moment of they do say the title of the book somewhere in the book. Yeah. I, I can't re- I know a, I know where it says it in a, a beautifully foolish endeavor it's I know it's said in there I don't remember if it's said uh and I mean it has to be and an absolutely remarkable thing I it has to be said in the first book somewhere I just I just can't I'm, remember I'm, sh- I'm sure it is I just can't remember where I I know though the a a beautifully foolish endeavor is actually a line in the book so this book is from multiple perspectives, which is good, but there's a lot going on that you have to keep track of. Yes. And it's basically told through, at first it's told through Maya, Andy, and Miranda. And later you get April and Carl included. Yeah. Now I know we talked about Carl being a character, but you don't really get Carl as a character technically till this book. And even then, you're you don't know if you can trust them the whole time. I mean, I don't. Right. I, I I felt that I wanted to trust them the whole time because he was basically a monkey, like he was using a monkey yep. with a smartwatch around his neck to speak to people, and he also yep. had the suit too, of armor that would kind of every now and then pop around too. But it's like you gotta trust the tiny monkey that talks to you. I yep. say that. And I like how he would talk about how the monkey. Would sometimes talk using the actual monkey's available vocal cords, which yeah. 
they said was freaky, and I just kept trying to imagine them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess how I kept imagining it, and then Carl's voice. I kept I kept making it. Um, uh, Maurice Lamarche, and I can't. I'm trying to remember which voice of his. It was something from Futurama. Then I kept making that Carl's voice in my head. Um, since, since I did an audiobook, they do have like a completely different. They 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 did a really good job with the audiobook for stuff. Um, Hank Green's in both audiobooks. He's in the first one mm-hmm. as Andy, and then he's the okay. in the second one as one of the podcast hosts. Randomly, nice. you you you'll catch him in there. But they do have an actual voice for Carl when he's the monkey. There's a voice for him when it's the smartwatch. So they kind of switch around and everything with that. So that's really cool. Um, and also the Take a Walk podcast, if I remember correctly, is what its name was. Yeah, that is that is the greatest podcast ever because the premise is it's a podcast that you go take a walk and listen to while you're taking a walk. Yeah, I really want that. I mean, I usually listen to podcasts when I'm going on a walk when it's nice and warm enough to do that. It's but I do now. wish I had a podcast like that where it's like use this podcast, use the length of this podcast to go take a walk. So. No, and that's that. That that's a podcast mentioned um, in the second in the second book and everything. I just thought it was a great little nod and everything. Um, the second book, we get to dive into these characters. I know we've kind of hinted at and everything, but you get to really get behind a lot of these characters more. Uh, Miranda is a character. Like I said, I felt so bad for her after I read the second book. For multiple reasons, one being that she felt like an outcast the whole time with this group that desperately, like, she she was included and she just didn't realize she was. And I mean, in yeah. the end, she was. Andy, if, okay, if April was the one I didn't like in the first book, Andy's the one I don't <laughs> like in the second book. Uh, you are 100% right on that. <laughs> and there's a definite point to where it's like right there. Um, April is more likable in the second book, in my opinion, because she's not obsessed with her social media. Yes. Yes. At I, all. I like April because it was almost like, I mean, I mean, I was gonna say it's almost like she was literally reborn in the second yes. book. Like she had her bat, she had her, and I hate using literally way too much, but she had her literal baptism by fire yep. and, um, she was born again. Yep. With, um, like glossy metal, weird parts no not, yeah, not metal of, it's it's kind of like an opal opal essence yeah. yeah yeah sorry I, I i meant to say metal and i'm like nope that's not what it actually was <laughs> and they don't ever really explain that either which i I, I mean it, it seems like it, they make it seem like it's some sort of alien substance i mean it is and um very useful they though. use it yeah exactly it makes her super strong and I like that it's sort of like it's not like oh it's a it's a special blah 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 ally that's made a um, alloy that's made of blah 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 it's like it's here's just like yeah exactly no it's like here's here's this this alien substance that Carl's have access to that we can use to rebuild the human who for all intents and purposes died yes and wasn't supposed to also uh, through Carl we get revealed that like his species or his existence. There's like a counterpart to him that's like his brother. Yeah. Who's now like in charge of basically making sure humanity doesn't exist in a few hundred years. Yeah. It's, I, I felt like I missed a chapter somewhere, but I'm like, maybe I didn't. Maybe it's just vague enough 
on its own, but I'm he, like, who knows? He was very vague about it, but that's kind of what I got was the Carls. The Carls were supposed to help. Humanity was on a course to kill, to destroy itself. Carl had a chance. Carl to stop was it. there to try and change it, and his brother was there to. Yeah, and it was kind of vague whether his brother was there to hasten it or just to sort of make sure it stays on that path. Yeah, because they it, it was once again. They both did calculations, 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 running numbers, running simulations, simulations, simulations. And I, I, I say it say it like that, but that's how it was in the book. It, they they constantly were running simulations to see what the best outcome would be. And I think the point of it was that Carl kind of said humanity's such a you know, unique thing that we can't like simulate every outcome that they could possibly have. We think we can, but we can't. Even though he perfectly accurately gave everyone books that told him exactly what they were going to do every time, including going to places like Costco. Um, don't know how much he got for that um, ad drop there, though. And I wasn't at yeah. Costco when that was said. Though I did go to Costco today. <laughs> <laughs> and you found a special book called The Book of Good Times. And it was yeah. like, you're going to buy this giant thing of uh, animal crackers. No, but I mean, the, the second book, I feel, you have to read the first book. I feel like the second book is very Ready Player 2. Yes. Because it gets very high concept about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it gets so high concept that it gets up its own ass. Yeah. Like Ready Player 2 does. Right. Well, and it, it was sort of like, and I, I was telling you, whereas I, I, I know we've already talked about comparisons, but I really did feel like it was sort of a Ready Player One, Ready Player Two situation. Whereas the first one's this big grand, let's find these Easter eggs and find out what what it means. Whereas the second one is dealing with like, here is a virtual reality where you can actually see, smell, hear, touch, taste other things, and sort of the implications of what that means for humanity um whereas it seems like you could and they even talk about whole, the whole like i mean it wasn't as big of a deal because miranda got stuck in it for weeks or a week yeah. or whatever but whereas in uh, ready player two they talk about how like after at the 12 hour mark you have to be out of there or else you have permanent brain damage whereas it's not that way and people and that's how they mind that and i completely forgot about them in the first book even though i read them back to back talked about uh, Peter mining the cryptocurrency because yep. that plays in. That's like a huge part of the second book is uh, Altacoin. And I got to say, as a video game fan, Altus is just two letters swapped to being Atlas and being a video game fan. I kept going, <laughs> oh, Atlas. No, wait a second. Alt- <laughs> um, the person who did the voice for Andy in the audiobook pronounced it really weird. He was always oh, like yeah. Altus, like Al- Altus. Uh, it, it was it was a very like like stunted way to pronounce it. No yeah. one else did it mm. but that one character. So I'm like, is there something? I'm like, or is it just that 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 was the way the person pronounced it? And they just were like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it was just really weird because he's like, I had my Alta coin, and I'm like, uh, is he having like a? I mean, the the the, the, the performance was great. Don't don't get me wrong. It was just really weird when it came to him because he said it the most out of anybody. Right. But no, Andy's character I I learned to hate during it um, because he he basically like goes through the roller coaster 
ride that April did in the first one. April's going through her own roller coaster. Maya gets what she wants. I mean, Maya, we we get to learn a lot more about her, and she finally gets to be happy. And there's a great moment where she gets April back. Yes, they've been together for a while in the book. Yes, they're, they're around each other and everything. But there's a point where it's pointed out that she gets the the April that wasn't obsessed with social media and wasn't this like savior of humanity back. And that's the one. And she's, it's pointed out that she's loved her the whole time and that they yeah. love each other. And it's such a great, and it's, it's such a great job. I, I, I'd, I'd love that there, there, there's stories in there. I love the way it's done. Um, Miranda's stuff is very science heavy. So that's, that it's it's one of those things where once you get into her head and that, and it's really interesting her story and everything of, you know she's basically wanting to go work for basically the villain because yeah. well one she wants to sabotage it but two she's like he's doing the he's stealing my res like my future like what I'm doing research into he's basically stealing like he's gonna make my research pointless so i either have a choice to continue to do this technically pointless thing or go be on the cutting edge of the science i'm wanting to do right and of course lo and behold she finds out that he's doing nothing it's just carl's brother who is referred to as carl's brother i'm not forgetting the name here yeah no they they i kept waiting are they gonna give him a name like steven or something like that but no it was just carl it was just carl's brother yeah so, no, I, I really like the multiple perspectives and everything. I really like to actually get to hear from Carl and everything for um, for a lot of this. And there is a lot of stuff explained. I'm sure there's 100% science to back up a lot of it. Even even the stuff that I'm like, oh, that's science fiction. I'm sure there's a SciShow video explaining how it's actually science fact. Right. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I, I liked both books. I feel the second book makes the first book better. At no cost to its own, because we get to see all these other characters yeah, and everything. No, and I, I, I like I like that. And even though yes, April gets turned into a super cyborg superhero at one point in it, she kind of loses it at the end. That that whole thing, and she's she's still a great character even without that stuff and everything. I I. I enjoyed both books. Like I said, I think the biggest thing about the second book is it makes you appreciate the first book more. There's a lot of stuff left on the table with these books. I don't think he's going to do another one, but I, because I know that it says this, that he had a two book deal. So I don't think he's going to revisit anything. But there's a lot of stuff that I was like wondering about that never really gets answered. But at the same yeah. time, we expect books to answer every question we have and they don't have to like, why were certain people not able to access the the Ulta space? Like, why they get it? Never. It just said it just happens. Yeah. And it's like I was expecting, and I do do like that. That comes back later as a thing. Yeah, that's. That, I mean, that's kind of how they stop the villain. That's how they stop Alex Jones turns turn Elon Musk. And the, and and also there's a lot of stuff with the stock market that I vaguely understand it's weird because at the time of the recording of this um go by GameStop. <laughs> it, it's weird because during the week i'm reading this i'm watching the stock market do the weirdest stuff in the world when it comes to GameStop yeah. stock once again i don't understand the stock market i understand it to a very right. basic extent 
Well, I told you when I was reading this, I mean, this was just a couple weeks. When I was reading it, this was, I think I started it like the week after the Capitol riot. Yes. And a, lo- and a lot of that kind of just with the, the protests mm-hmm. and everything going on reminded me a lot of that. And then I finished this th- like a day or two before the whole GameStop, yeah. AMC, Wall Street, uh, Reddit thing started becoming a big thing. And I didn't even think about that. And I was like, how weird that this book that came out last year and then this other book that came out two years ago, as I'm reading them delayed, one by six months, one by a couple of years, how relevant it is to what's been going on in this first month of the year, of 2021. It, it is really weird and everything. And there, there are a lot of... Uh, you can tell he was writing from a certain perspective with everything um, yeah. involved. And it's... It, the whole thing with social media is it, and I guess the internet as a whole. The internet is one of the greatest tools humanity has ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. I guess after like the figuring out like hammer, nail, like I guess the greatest tool we've made since initially making tools way back when. Um, and it can bring the world together or tear it apart. And I think we've seen in real life both examples of that in a very short period of time. And we also in these books see both examples of that in a very short period of time in the books. And it's it's very interesting. And I think, I mean, I, I feel like these books are both a warning but also a glimmer of hope to what we can, you know, it's a warning of what we could do but also a a instance of hope to what we could accomplish. Yeah, with them too. I mean that Good. that was my perspective. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty much how how I felt. It's um, a lot of what ifs. I think it takes a very real look at this. It doesn't create this sort of idealized. Oh, it's fifty years in the future, and our culture has been stunted since anything after the the nineties or whatever. Yeah, um, I think it did a good job of. Like I was saying earlier, a good job of kind of showing now in this age of social media and not knowing where it's going to go, but where it currently is, where people can make a career streaming all day. That's um, what shocked me to no end was that yeah. fact that like she was famous for being famous. Yes. I'm she like just happened to be like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to interview. I mean, obviously they said they they purposely did all that stuff, but it was like, hey. She interviewed this robot statue and then went to bed and woke up a worldwide celebrity. Just like Chewbacca Mom. And much like Chewbacca Mom, I hated her and the character of April <laughs> May during the, that time. So, no, I mean, it, it, I, I'm like, that didn't happen in real life. I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, wait, there's like five reality TV shows or reality things I can think of that involve people that were famous for famous sake. Yeah. So, I I, I want to say one one thing I really like mm-hmm. I like and it sounds weird saying this um, and you you mentioned a couple things that kind of tie into this despite the fact that it's set in what is supposed to be our world it's not like a fantasy world it's not like the distant future it's supposed to be set like today yeah he did a good job of building the world like making oh, it yeah. feel authentic because he included so many real world things like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. But he also like, like in the second book to try and for Andy to try and get his breezy spring day up on the top 
uh, things on all <laughs> Create, yeah. He had just uh, the one uh, who who was Carl's brother. Uh, he was the one who um, got uh, Justin Bieber to tweet out about it. And then when they were in Cannes for the one investors meeting, was it Gwen Stefani they met at the party? Um, I think it was. I, I made a note to remember who it was, and I completely forgot. And then, yeah, right, no, I, I thought about that too. But they made a good point, and it was like it wasn't like, oh, they're you know a Bex, you know, oh Bex didn't live in, didn't work at the happy, happy, friendly sub shop. She worked at Subway. Like, I like when books like this do this, where they will include real world celebrities. It's not just like let's make a. That's how, like, in the MCU movies, they always include, like, real networks or real celebrities, whereas, like, the DCEU always makes their own news networks and celebrities. So it adds this kind of weight to the world that helps you kind of identify with it. They talk about NaNoWriMo, uh, the National Novel Writing Moment, because when April in the first book was writing her book, um, she's like, oh, you know, what are the NaNoWriMo people need? And Andy in the other room is like, 50,000 words, so, uh, which which is what it is. Um, so they do, but they also, he also does this good job of infusing original creations like the thread. I've seen numerous YouTube channels that are like the thread where it's Mm -hmm. these sort of like very flashy, uh, kind of voiced over animations that are informative and kind of say some really good ideas or bad ideas, but, um, they're kind of like the thread, uh, you know, the, the, the go for a walk podcast, slain spotting he he interjects these fictional things that he creates for the world of this book into a world that is that has weight to it It is a world that has justin bieber and gwen stefani and subway and nanowrimo and he does a good job of building a world that is very much sort of an alternate reality very closely mirrored alternate reality of ours uh trump i think is also mentioned too he is. He is because they because in the first book we we meet the president who is not named in the first book. But she gets her name in the second yeah. book, but is a female. And they did mention, but they mentioned Trump in another way with tweets, I believe. But I can't remember. There's a, there's a mention of him directly with a tweet, but then there's a comment in Miranda's thing where she says that she's sure somebody has a red hat in their closet. Yes, yes, which, that's right. <laughs> which it's weird because I'm like, so is that is it's it's one of those things. I I, I know what it's referencing in our real world, yeah. but in the world of this book, like it does a good job because I mean it it does a lot of world building. There's this whole thing to where you know luxury apartments are like just abandoned because no one uses them anymore. Yeah, they like bought them. They bought them as investments and then they've just been sitting there unused and fully furnished for years. And and showing how like something of the magnitude of the Alta 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 dang, I'm trying to do it the way he did, but I'm not doing it correctly. <laughs> um Alta space is um like completely destroying the economy, everything. Like people jobs too because it's like everyone's like it it basically i feel like this is could have been the predecessor to ready player one because it's it's the exact same thing it's like um the the oasis came and basically like but it, it somehow had an established thing to where it didn't wipe out like everything still exists it just exists now and there but the world's still a dystopia Whereas this was, yeah. I guess, a thing of hope for, 
even though like a lot of stuff happens, I feel like at the end of the book, everything goes back to normal, sort of. Yeah, it's like it does. It's like you know, the, the world like, oh, does. The, yeah, it's not like oh, the Carls are gone and his brother's gone, but here's the, you know, here's the invasion that's coming because they because they talk as Carl talks about how they were they were born mm-hmm. on or at least he was born in like July of 1979. Yeah. Um, but he clearly knows he comes from an alien world, but he doesn't are alien creators, but really doesn't know who they are or what they are. Yeah. And it's um, hinted that his brother's still around, just not doing anything. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I, I like how it kind of seems to go back to normal. Uh, and I think it's left open. I don't, I, yeah, it was a two book deal from what I read. So I don't mm. think there's going to be a sequel. doesn't mean he couldn't finish it and make it a trilogy. Um, Cause I still think there's more they could do. Um, I mean, it kind of talks about how there is this sort of, changed the human brain which yeah. happened from the first book which is how they're able to do the whole alter space um and even kids that are and, born afterwards still have the change in their brain too right so there there it's sort of like here's here are these computers that were being tapped into and had the ability now they don't and even and they and the whole thing the people who weren't able to get in that's how they kind of basically sabotage it they send out that that uh terms of agreement update that causes everyone to immediately have that sort of reaction. Body dislocation. Up and, yeah. And Andy specifically didn't do it. He knew it would happen. So he but never he, put the... Yeah, because he says he's hoping that one day we could fix it. Yeah. Yep. So he, ne- he never did it. And I'm wondering, like, if... I mean, there's I think there's plenty they could do to explore it more, should they want to. I think he wrapped it up very nicely. It, he, it did not end on the not-knock that made you go, holy crap at the end of the first one. But I do think that he left it in a good way where if they, if this is the only story we got, I'm perfectly happy. If I, he I wanted too. to write more, he's got plenty he could work with. I, I'm, I'm very happy with what we got. Like I said, there, there's a lot of strings left out there, but I think with all of us obsessed with the MCU and everything else in the world where everything has to connect, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Right. <laughs> And everything. Although I did like at the very end where they're at the dinner party and then there's a knock on the door and it's Nick Fury asking April <laughs> to join the Avengers. Um, I, okay, so at, at the end of the book, her parts basically just kind of came off of her body. Yeah, like they except for the head and, one. Yeah, the head one didn't. The arm and the leg and everything did, but not like permanent. She like, could reattach was, it them. Is, Yeah, it just it, okay. that was the thing that Carl told told Maya was that those parts can come off and they might come off and they did, but they can be, but I wasn't, it didn't give, I didn't get the impression of they were permanently off. Like I felt like they were going to be, they could just be reattached. Or okay. Whatever. Cause I, I heard that, that was part, I and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so no, I mean, it's, they're, they're great books. Um, I, I know at this point it's stupid to say I definitely recommend them, but I definitely recommend them. Um, and I, I, th- I thank you, Eric, for pointing them out to me and everything and having yeah. having a very interesting conversation about them. Because, I mean, th- th- there's a lot of pop culture. There's a lot of stuff in here that I think that's very important in this day and age to hear and everything. I mean, we, we, yeah. we live in a very interesting and weird world with this. I mean, with, 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 with what we live in with social media and everything and everyone's, you know, the whole... 
like us being monitored and everything allegedly i mean whatever but i mean it's then that's even kind of pointed out in the book that like she felt like her life was under a microscope at certain times yeah and and Mm -hmm. everyone was watching him in the second book because of his brother um no i mean it's i i think these books are great to read i i once again definitely say you are not meant in my opinion to like all the characters at all no. times. And even at the, at the end of the book, I don't think... I mean, I don't know how I feel about him. He obviously yeah. got back with um with Brex. Brex? Brex? Bex. Bex. I, I want to keep on saying Brexit, but I'm like, no, it's <laughs> it's Bex. Um, I, he, he was back together with her, but he still hadn't like fully recovered. So I'm like, does she know that? Or is he hiding it? Or is he... Because right. he got really into his whole secret mission. And I use quotation right. marks. Yeah, but. and it was sort of like... And yeah, no, I got the feeling like he, he... Like, he was on the mission, but he was using that as his cover for his addiction. Yes. And even the, and then he still is sort of like... He, he fulfilled his mission, but he's kind of like, I really want to go back and experience Alta Space again. Which he knows he can't right now. Um, which I think could totally lead to another book. Like, I think they could totally do a whole book on that, whether it's set six months later or if it's set, because the, the, this book takes up about a year after all of that. Yeah. The first book starts. So, yeah, I mean, it could, it could be set another year later. It could be set, you know, whatever. Um, one other thing I want to point out, and I was thinking about this, and I was going to bring it up, and I forgot until just now. The first book did not have this sort of thing that we've talked about with Ready Player One and Ready Player Two, but I felt like it did more so. You know how we talked about in Ready Player One how Wade is writing this book, but it's like, who is he writing this book oh, for? Oh, god because... dang it, you are correct, yes. <laughs> because he he's he's writing this book telling, you know, well, here's what the Oasis is, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yes, the people who, if you're writing this in first person, you're writing this for the people who are alive now or in the future who know what the Oasis is and they're trying to explain all this stuff. The first book, I think, was better about being like, this is April's point of view. She did explain a few things, but it was things that needed explaining. Mm-hmm. But I felt like in the second book, there was a lot more of this like, well, yeah, the way you're writing this book, you're writing this, all these characters are writing this book in the form of, there are people who are reading this who are familiar with the events of what happened, but I'm still going to describe these events anyway. And it's like, I get they have to do that for us, the reader, who's not, who don't, yeah. who, we don't live in their world. But I still felt like there, because it's from first person, that's a trap you fall into where it's sort of like, oh, I'm explaining a lot of things that if, I, if this was someone who lived in the world, they're like, you probably already know the story by now, but I'm going to explain all the events of it anyway. It's like, yeah, I felt like the second book fell into that kind of Ready Player Run, Ready Player Two trap. So two things real quick, because you, 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 you saying that reminded me, um, the first book having the, I, I don't know if I love or hate this in books where it has like the. You know, and this was all happened before I died. It's like, then yes. how are you telling this story, or or how how is this story being told in this way? Right, because there, there, there's a lot of books that set that up, but then there's some way they miraculously get um get um brought back to life and everything or something or don't actually die. And then in the second book, it's pointed out at one point that like Carl like left them all of like his notes to be put because he said that this all should be put into a book. But right. also, no offense to the to, to to Mr. Green and everything with this, but it robs you of any urgency, in my opinion. 
Because it's yeah. like, well, if all these characters are obviously talking, we know they survive. Duh. Sure. Even though in the first book, April is allegedly dead. So, I mean, you got me there on that one. But still, it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, the way this is being told, they all make it, right? Question mark? Yeah, right. So, I mean, they, 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 they all do. But yes, I do understand the... I, I, I think Ready, Ready Player One did it the worst. And I think that is something you'll never forgive that book for. Sure. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think it was more shocking there because it's set fifty years from now, mm-hmm. whereas this is set now. And it's sort of like I would. It was like actively in Ready Player One and Player Two. Well, I actually, didn't think about it when I was listening to the audiobook of Ready Player One. It was like that sort of after that sort of after the fact. But then while I was reading Ready Player Two just a couple months ago, as we talked about on the podcast, it was very much sort of a, okay, yes, you're explaining how this technology works, even though everyone who would, re- who would be reading this book 50 years in the future knows that's how it would work. So, Also, um, they could have easily done it by, I don't know, you know, when he was in class and they were talking about it, have it to be like where it had to, I don't know, it's, it's complicated how to do that. And I know a friend of the show, John Justice, has pointed out that it's something he struggled with in the first book. But yeah. he, he oh, used sure. um, Blastrocast, which are basically podcasts, to explain a lot of stuff where they were like listening like a, a podcast that was talking about the history of like stuff, and it's just cut to you hearing the audio from that instead of the audio from the or instead of the dialogue from the characters. So right friend of the show and everything so i'm a little biased but that's the way he did it which i appreciate that a little bit more than one of the characters blankly staring going i'm going to explain to you how all this stuff works because (laughs) even though this is uh you know being told this way you must know it the way i'm telling it yeah i i think it's 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 less in this book and like i said it's it's weird and god i'd never want to be a writer because i can't do half this stuff like I feel like short stories are the better thing to do because then it's like less explanation. If anyone gets on you about it, be like, oh, it's a short story, leave me alone. But um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think that these were both well-written and everything. Um, it was surprising because there's a lot of cursing in here and it's weird when I was doing audiobooks, I'm like, I'm like, I wasn't expecting it. And it's, it's fine, I have no problem with cursing. It's just, I was kind of like sitting there listening. I'm like, oh wow, I really should keep my headphones on around my kids because God knows what's about to come out of their mouth. Um, and everything, but no, I mean, it, 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 it was great because it's, it, heck, if you recorded, I mean, if, if I had to do like a book based on me talking, it would be basically mostly profanity if it was all internally yep. inside my head. So yeah, no, I always I, try to censor myself when we're recording, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I got a mouth like a sailor. Uh, we, we, we both do. And we, <laughs> and we try to do a good job because it helps me on not having to edit these. So exactly. I always try to like, like whenever I'm like, ah, that was a bunch of crap. You know what I really want to say? And, I, and they've, they've slipped on here before yeah. I think with all of us, but I, but I do try to make a conscious effort when we're here not to, to curse. So. Um, no, I you think know when the kids are going to be in the room, <laughs> I think this is a great book for people. Um, of our age to, I'd say, mid-20s would be a yeah. great... Like, I think younger people wouldn't get, like, some of this stuff, but I feel like it would hit better with those. I mean, o- overall, like, like I said, I think we both said we enjoy this book. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Eric? Uh, I, definitely, if you're still listening and you still want to read it, there's still a lot we did not talk about. Oh, yeah, we skipped a think- lot. And I still think if, you know, as much as we've talked about, I, you still, you know, because there's some people who aren't as much 
bothered. They, they're just in it for the good story. It's still worth reading. Um, and then if you have, um, if you stopped listening to the first part of the podcast and you're like, oh, I want to go read these books, like I, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, that it's, I've been thinking about them. I finished, um, I guess it was last weekend. Cause we, that's right. Cause we recorded and I was like, I think I'm going to finish this book. And then I, it was Monday. That's right. Cause I thought I was going to make it and I was falling asleep. Not cause the book was boring, but it was late and I had to get up for work and I was just like, all right, I need to go to bed. And then like, as soon as I had a break, like the next day I was like, all right, I need to finish this up. So, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it, it got me really excited. It's, it's, it's the first time in a very long time I've read something where I, as soon as I got done, I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like this has been a while since I've had that, that feeling. So um yeah i i really liked it all right final okay. thing fi- final thing uh movie adaptation yay nay in your opinion do you think it would work you know i kind of i kind of i i don't think he's gonna do one i feel like he said he didn't want to but that might have been until the second book was done i mean i'd be i'd be down i think it would I'd... really i think the first one definitely would really work well um the, the the second one i think would be a little more complicated to do but yeah I think the first I book feel like would be very tone, cool. The tone is different enough between them that it would be very tonally different. Whereas the first one, I could see being very much a commentary on the social media influencer yep. culture, and I see it being very flashy and very bright. Whereas the second one, you know, like the scene where April busts out of the the abandoned bar in, in, in New Jersey, light music and, and everything. Pouring, yeah, it's like and it's like light is going out, and I think it was like raining. Like that is such a like the the is as much as I can see that bright light. That is a very dark and very different, not social influence kind of thing. So I feel like it would have a very different tone, but would still translate very well. So I still kind of had I, I I I don't know I don't really want famous actors play again i think i say this every time we talk about movie adaptations i don't think i, I think i would want it to be a bunch of unknowns maybe one famous person in there to play like they i could totally see like uh oh shoot i'm blanking on who i can't even think of who i had someone in mind for playing uh peter like i could see peter being like the big star but other than like they like they are the somewhat known actor but like everyone else i could totally just see being like a bunch of unknowns um keep it like that but i i think i think you can definitely do them both as as movies I think Peter should be played by um, Michael Sarah. <laughs> no, it should be uh, what's his name? Um, what's his name who played Lex Luthor in Je- Je- Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just because he didn't fit as Lex Luthor. Yeah, I honestly think he could. If he was a little older, I could totally see him as as Peter. I still saw Peter as being like maybe like a little older than us like yeah like very end of 30s but possibly like early 40s like i kept seeing like that and i did have a i kind of have a middle image in my mind but i'm like i can't i can't quite settle on an actor but i feel like you could totally get a good a good actor in there to to play him but then everyone else could just be a bunch of unknowns i like, like i said i feel like the first book's better for a movie not that the second book wouldn't be it's just that there's a lot more going on so it'd be a little more complicated um but yeah, you know, with that, I just wanted to bring that up just in case, and also so we can be like, we called it was going to be a movie. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, besides that, great book, enjoyed it. Um, real quick, before we get into the well, as we're doing the wrap up stuff, a few things I want to point out real quick. One, um, definitely check out the Twitch stream. Uh, there's going to be a link down in the description. I'm going to try to get on there more often to stream some stuff. Um, right nice. now, I'm playing 
Star Wars Squadron, so you can watch me attempt to be a good pilot. It does not end well for anyone involved. (laughs) But me and Ellie did pick up Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so I will get mead, and I will do a going a Viking um, (laughs) with that game. I just need to get further in the game to where I can just kind of screw around and do random stuff. So I will do that at some point, but definitely check that out. Um, We want to get the Twitch stuff back up just because... It's fun to play games. We're moving around. Uh, we're getting a new office and recording area together, so that will enable me to do a lot more stuff, so that would be cool. Um, also, as a quick side note, definitely check out Patreon, where me and Eric have um, big boy battle discussion stuff. We need to record another one soon. Uh, there's the Dragon Ball one up now discussing um, transformations and stuff within the Dragon Ball universe, so definitely check that out. Um, definitely inspired by Team Four Star. But another thing I'm going to do myself, and if I was going to do this in the past, I'm getting back to it. I do a lot of audiobooks. I do a ton of audiobooks. I just like, like, I I like podcasts, I like audiobooks, and I burn through them pretty quick. But my thing I'm going to do now is I'm going to start doing like a recap of what I listen to, you know, my thoughts on it, kind of quick episodes and stuff. Like that for Patreon. So check that out. Zing Bites. Yeah. Th- thank you for, for naming it instead of me because I would have done something dumber. Um, Big Boy Battles are like the drink. That's what we have a discussion usually about food or drink. And then yes. just for a quick little bite, it's like an appetizer. It's a Zing Bite. Yeah. So so I'll, I'll do those reviewing, you know, what books I've been been listening to and, you know, what my thoughts are. You know, if you should check it out. I've got some great stuff that I'm going to be listening to very shortly. Um, I just finished the Thrawn trilogy. The, the, the new Thrawn trilogy, nice. not the old one, but I'm also going to go back and listen to the old Thrawn trilogy too, so you can <laughs> check that out. Um, so there's that. So that so there's some stuff on Patreon you can check out, Twitch, and Eric, where can people find more from you? You can find me on social media. You should give me a bunch of likes uh, because, you know, uh, I'm going to be an influencer for the Carls. Yes. Uh, but you can find me at Eric Berg and at Backlogberg. And, of course, you can find Zingness wherever you find it down. And if you need any more information, it's down in the doobly-doo. Yay, I did it. Um, <laughs> I, I guess we'll see you guys next week in the FTBA. Yeah.